Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Supplemental. This is round three of Why Seek. You have already read the write-up, and if you haven't, what the heck are you doing, people? Read the write-up. It's skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your Discuss account, Discuss Away. Read the write-up first, then Discuss Away, and then you can listen to uh, the discussion that I had with Andrew that started off, and then you can listen to the discussion that I had with Darren. He may have kicked my ass. And uh, now we're going to have Ryan with a Y. And turnabout is fair play. I am going to defend my position, and he is going to play the role of either the devil or Mag Attack. Kind of the same thing. And uh, we're <laughs> sorry. I was on edit, um, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to see where the soft spots are in my argument. Brian, you have already fired shots uh, a few months ago, <laughs> about four months ago, uh, and so uh, not everyone will remember that. But uh, you have a post. Uh, that you commented to a show that uh, Sarah and I did uh, a few months ago. And I think it was episode two of season two. Do you mind reading that, good sir? I might will interrupt you throughout. No problem, David. You seek and you find. <laughs> am, I, am I echoing? I hear an echo in my ear. Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, you're not echoing. It's just you. But okay. I, can, I can take that out. There you go. Okay. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Great. So, yeah. So, here's the post I made. It was four months ago. So, I'm going to take credit for uh, inspiring you to do this series of shows. Uh, and here is what I wrote four months ago. David and Sarah discussed real seeking on the show. I object. I wanted... I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. This <laughs> is a little, little early. <laughs> sorry about that. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna punch below the belt, you're gonna. This is not gonna be a fair fight. So let's uh, <laughs> let's actually get the words out. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't. I didn't uh, suggest that this was gonna be a fair fight. <laughs> no, <laughs> See, no, again, I, I make I make too many assumptions here. My goodness. All right. Now now I lost my spot here. Let me pull this back up. Here we go. I've already okay. got it rattled, people. Yes, I wanted to weigh in on the subject. First of all, I think real seeking is not the same thing as, actually, sorry, this is terrible. Oh, man. Give me one second, David. Sorry, this, I had it in my thread, and then when I, I moved it, and it's gone. Okay. Oh, let's see. Here it is. Okay. Don't worry. None of this is going to be edited out. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I am destroying the, the, uh, the side of my argument here. Okay. Let's see. I think skeptics and atheists needs to be careful about pushing back on the concept of real seeking. Okay. Because it can make... There, yeah. Okay. Finish this sentence, and I'm going to stop you there. Yes. Don't push back on the concept in general, because I think it can be uncharitably spun to make us look bad. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop you right there. Um, yeah. it, that's a tactical argument. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, I often like to say the shocking thing to make people stop and think. Uh, so I might say, uh, seeking, as the Christian uh, would mean it, is a bad thing and you shouldn't do it. Well, that's a little bit shocking. Um, but I've got their attention. And if I've got time to spool that argument out, which I have over... Uh, Countless write-ups. This last one was 2,500 words over three podcasts uh, that I'm doing. Then that's great. That's tactically sound because I have a chance to spin out my argument. So maybe you're right if a person just says something uh, that's anti-seeking but doesn't have a chance to spool it out. That can be used against them in a sound bite. Um, and, th and that's true enough. But I just don't care about soundbite tactics anyway. All you're saying is tactically this could be used against you. Well, that's one side of it. But I don't care about the tactics. I care about the truth of the argumentation. And so, yes, uh, I, I have some very harsh things to say about seeking. But 
I am right. And I am willing to stand by it and make strong arguments for it. And if that offends some people and they want to, you know, disingenuously soundbite me, that's their problem. They can just bite me. I think that is, I think that's fair pushback. And I think that's a good, a good response to that first part there. No problem. Continuing. Uh, first off, I think real seeking is not the same thing as open-mindedness. The former implies continuous expending of thought, time, and effort. The latter is an attitude toward being exposed to new and different uh, information. Okay. That you are off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so I'm just going to very briefly, I agree with this part in part. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think technically they are different things, but I think practically they're not different things. So you know, technicality, you're right. Um, you know, urban dictionary, uh, you're, you're probably right. But in, <laughs> in arguments with Christians, you're not right because they conflate the two. Uh, and we are not talking about our definition of seeking and open-mindedness. We're talking about theirs. We're talking about the way they use the terms. And they use the terms almost interchangeably. So, uh, you know, if, if Christians would like to chime in and say that I'm wrong, uh, I would be glad to hear from you because not all Christians are the same. But the way it has been used against me, they've, you know, open-mindedness and, you know, being willing to be a seeker has, has kind of become the same thing uh, in their mind. And I, I wanted to take this moment to just give a small speech <laughs> about open-mindedness. <laughs> open I hate the term. Sure. I despise okay. the term open-minded because here's the thing. It's, it's become a buzzword kind of dog whistle for some mystical Christian thing. In the real world, most people don't use the term open-mindedness. Scientists aren't asking you to be open-minded about anything. They're, they have a theories that they are trying to prove. They're not asking you to be open-minded about their theories. Uh, you don't need to be open-minded about their theories. We, if we are good humans, we are always ready to take on new information that we didn't know before that corrects old information. That's just baseline humanity, right? Uh, that's not special. So when Christians talk about being open-minded, they're not talking about that. They're saying they're using the term in a way that says you need to have a special willingness to accept as equal and on par to other things this thing that we're talking about, even though we can't prove it. We need you to be open to our unprovable theory so that, you know, you can you can just have a space of hope and possibility that it might be true. That way we can go ahead and make our arguments. That's what they're saying. And that's wrong. And you shouldn't do it. You should not be open-minded in some special mystical way, uh, as in willing to accept things that are improbable before they are proven. No one else in the world uses open-mindedness like that. Most people don't even talk about open-mindedness. And so I, I, I just see it as a dog whistle and you should actually beware when someone asks you to be open-minded about something because the something that they want you to be open-minded uh, about is usually either irrational or unbelievable or unlikely in some way. Okay, yeah, I mean, I. I... I don't have any problem with what you just said. I would just think that then you've graduated from it being an equivocation to being an outright bait and switch because because the way you described open-mindedness there is not anything I would ever endorse or use or think was something people uh, should or, 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 or would be useful to actually finding out information. That's not how I would use open-mindedness. So uh, if yeah, that's what they're doing, then yeah, that's, then that's, a, that's a rhetorical move that's trying to win the argument before it starts. Would you even use the term open-mindedness? This is this is this is the thing. When would you use the term? You use the term when you are at the beginning 
of entertaining whether or not something is true. So I, I'm open-minded to God existing, right? But I'm not willing to onboard things that have either already been proven false or are not yet proven true to get to a forward step where, okay, well, if you accept A, B, C, and D, then God exists. Well, no, we haven't done the work yet on A, B, C, and D. This is a lot of like what Darren was talking about yesterday. Yes, if you want me to assume that the supernatural exists, the supernatural informs the, the content of certain books, the supernatural means that, that deities can speak directly to us in ways that guarantee its truth. If I onboard those things, then yes, I can get to God exists. The problem is that we haven't done the open-mindedness and the critical thinking on all of those things you just asked me to accept to get to where God exists. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go for now. I got a feeling that I'll get some pushback in the comments when when people actually realize these shows are up there and the thread is there. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to um, beat that drum in the comments uh, some more. Go ahead and uh, with your with your sure. Uh, continuing on my post. Uh, secondly, Dale, for instance, builds into his definition of real seeker something beyond epistemology, and that's submission. That's the biggest reason that I push back on his definition as it unnecessarily expands the scope of the topic and allows for tarnishing the skeptic for epistemology by association of these two concepts. Yeah, I, I agree with that uh, in, entirely. And I, I, I do applaud Dale, as I have done in my write-up, for being one of the few people who's actually tried to do something uh, academic with this concept. Uh, you know, I've I've read his work. He's very long. It's like it's almost four hundred pages, um, yeah. and that's not a book. That's like one chapter, <laughs> right? In a book that he's working <laughs> on. Um, Dale is like me. Dale is very long winded, and uh, I would challenge Dale to do what I did and just try to make a fifty page pamphlet or you know or something like that. Um, really focuses the mind. I failed at that, by the way, it turned into 150 pages, but still, you know, yeah. set your goal low enough and uh, you'll still get something uh, readable. With that said, I uh, I think um, Dale's uh, 11 premises requires a lot of uh, buy-in and pre presupposition. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what you were describing there. And I, I think that, you know, once again, when Christians ask you to be uh, open-minded or a seeker or whatever, there is the assumption of a certain amount of buy-in, uh, you know, that goes into the seeking. And uh, and when I read a new scientific theory, I don't have any buy-in. I'm just I'm just reading the stuff and I'm seeing the peer review and um, you know I'm I'm following the evidence as best I can. Um, there were a few years ago, few maybe a decade ago, there was some uh, experimentation with I want to say neutrons or it wasn't even neutrons. I don't remember what it was. Um, one of those one of those elements that you hear in Star Trek <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. that, that's actually real. Um, <laughs> and um, they the scientists thought that they had discovered something that could go faster than light, and and you know, this would have spelled the end of light speed. And I, for one, uh, feel uncomfortable with uh, breaking the speed of light. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> um, but I just, I didn't want it to be true. However, uh, you know, so I wasn't open-minded to breaking the speed of light. However, here are some people who had claimed to do it, and it needed to go through peer review, which it did, and it turns out, uh, their their testing apparatus was was faulty, and so the speed of light uh, still stands. I don't have to be open minded in any special way to be willing to take on board truth that I didn't formally believe or, or didn't know or didn't want to be true. And so I, I would just say again, when anyone asks you to do some kind of seeking and be open minded they are not asking you in the way that a scientist would ask you to consider their theory. Right. No, I, I would agree because I think the, I think the scientific method is designed to eliminate those faulty moves and the bad assumptions 
and the uh, the fallacies of, of reasoning that I think your criticism of a certain type of seeking is pulling in. And, and I would wholeheartedly agree with you there. All right. And uh, and just and one more thing just before we jump on, uh, not long after I made this post, uh, Dale and I actually had a conversation about it uh, over on his site, uh, you know, Real Seeker Ministries, I think it's called. Um, and he was he actually applauded me and said that I represented him uh, correctly, and he was happy that I made a substantive objection. And he said that it would it would theoretically provide uh, an opportunity to, to move forward and, and have further discussions. So you know, again, kudos to him for um, reading and um, you know uh, successfully um, assessing a critique of his work. So kudos. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to make this a um, Dale appreciation show, but uh, his. He's been doing some good podcasts uh, lately. Yeah, um, I agree, hundred you know, percent. I I uh, I go over and listen from uh, time to time. We uh, we chat and email from time to time about them, and I'll uh, send over some of my objections, uh, but uh, also uh, the things that I appreciate. I mean, we talk about <laughs> this the shows because Dale and I actually don't hate each other. <laughs> for, <laughs> for anyone who uh, wonders, but uh, he's he's been uh, on faith unaltered uh a lot which is uh uh david russell tyler fowler um and and crew and they have been working through orthodoxy because some of their lot have been going toward orthodoxy and it it really is a burr under dale's saddle <laughs> and uh <laughs> So I've been I've been working through those. They've actually been very good. They've had some very good guests. Um, and uh, whatever side you fall on, you you just have to uh, hat tip. You know, if you have any interest in this stuff, even moderately, there are a lot of good shows over there to uh, work through. So uh, congrats uh, to Dale on uh, really, you know, really getting out there and doing some good stuff that's not the shroud <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh yeah if you haven't if you haven't listened to some of this stuff in a while uh listen to f you which is faith on altar <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they would endorse that that uh, that, uh nickname for it, but that's let me tell you where i got that from in an, in an email i don't think that dale was trying to run it down but he just was initializing yeah i was on f you and i <laughs> Coming at you with another fu this week. Yeah, yeah. Take it on, boys. <laughs> so, in the first season of um, man, I don't remember now. Uh, Kevin uh, Spacey, uh, his show with Netflix, the show that really put them on the oh on well, the map. yeah, House of Cards. House, House of, of Cards. Cards. Yeah. Uh, in that first season, before uh, we knew that Kevin Spacey liked to show his junk to kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't understand that at all. Uh, but it, at any rate, um, they were, uh, he was, you know, making his climb up to power and uh, he was having a birthday or something like that. And uh, his staff uh, had worked on a present and they, you know, kept it a secret all the way to the end of the show. And they were looking at it and they were saying, yeah, this is, this is perfect. And they were cufflinks with his initials, F you. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so great. Frank Underwood. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we have spent way too much time on that, knowing that a really, really capricious clock is ticking. Uh, yeah. Do you have any more on that post? One last paragraph, which okay. uh, I think is is probably one of the more important parts of my critique and one we should get into. Uh, continuing, lastly, with respect to a deity, the job of the human and the deity to find each other is a two-way street. It should not fall on the human shoulders alone, especially if the deity has greater powers, more knowledge, and even more importantly, the ability to convince in a way that the human will easily hear, understand, and find persuading. In this unequal relationship, more responsibility falls on the one with the greater power. Okay, and uh, you're right. This is, uh, I think, one of the more important phrases, which I, I wanted to have you finish that out without interruption, uh, because I think the entire passage is bullshit. Um, <laughs> so here, <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. Um, kids, if you want to win a debate and your argument is weaker, just rattle your opponent. 
Just, just get them. If you on don't their have back the foot. law, if you don't have the facts, you don't have the law. Bang on the table. David, David is the champion of banging on the table. <laughs> but in this case, I got the goods. Uh, so, um, here's here's the big problem with that for me. You know, I agree with that two thirds because I think it's two thirds right. The third that's not right is having the human play any part in the seeking. I don't okay. think that I don't think that the human in a human God relationship has any responsibility to seek this God, especially the Christian God, as almost all Christians talk about it. We are sinful and desperately wicked. Our mind is on evil all the time. We are unregenerate. We are lost. And so we don't even have the ability to seek God, uh, as some would point out, is a biblical concept. So th the expectation that we would have any desire, and then if desire, ability to seek, I think doesn't make any sense and makes hash of other Christian doctrines. Furthermore, take away those doctrines that I think uh, are detrimental to the Christian's argument. I still don't think anyone has the responsibility to seek anyone else. No one has the responsibility to seek me. If, if I want to communicate to people, I need to seek them because I'm the one who has something to communicate. I need to go where they are. I need to get their attention. I need to get a bullhorn. I need to seek them. They have zero responsibility to seek me. And this is a human to human relationship. God has special knowledge that we are lost and are going to go to some form of hell. And he also has the special cure for that. In, and he says he wants everyone to be saved, and he's the one who wants everyone to know him, and he's the one who wants us to declare him Lord and King, and he's the one who wants us to worship him for eternity. It's all on him to find me. I don't even know he exists. Uh, and the things that I have heard about him, seem he seems like somebody that I don't want to meet. <laughs> so... If he's not that, it's all his responsibility to seek me. I, I bear no responsibility in that relationship, and neither does any human. He knows where I live. Yeah, uh, I agree with all of that, and none of that is a refutation of what I wrote. Uh, it's all about the timing, right? Think, think, think of, a, of a corollary. I'm a United States citizen. Do I have the ability to say I don't have the right or the duty to seek on whether or not I have to pay my taxes. Can I claim ignorance, hide in a cave, work at a job and earn my money, and then say that I don't have a duty to seek on whether or not I owe my taxes? I, I, would, I would assume you think the answer to that is no. Now, to, to some degree, that's why the government has people telling you what to do, has documents online. There's a constitution you can go read yourself. There are other representatives of the government that will interact with you. There's my local accountant. There are uh, libraries with this information. So in this case, the government is providing information down to me that creates for me at a reasonable, probable cause to have a duty to then do some seeking back to make sure that I'm taking care of paying my taxes. In this conversation we're having about God, God has done little to nothing to do what the government did in that circumstance where I have to uh, acknowledge that I have a duty to, to learn about how to properly pay my taxes. I'm still waiting for the beginning. I'm still waiting for him to announce, hey, I'm a real thing. He hasn't done that yet. So that's why I don't have a duty to seek whether he exists when he could very easily, according to, you know, look at these past conversations we had on Skeptics and Seekers boards. Apparently there's an inner witness of the Holy Spirit where he can zoom into my brain and give me 100% warranted true knowledge of his existence and all of the things he, he wants. If that's true, then yeah, the duty's on him. Where's my inner witness of the Holy Spirit? I'm right here. Here I am. I'm asking for it right now. Where is it? So the point of your response to me is just about timing and where you are in the process. I agree with you that you don't have a duty to seek something you don't think is real. If that thing is real and wants you, then it's going to come find you. Yeah. Uh, so I think your analogy with taxes, uh, I think it's three quarters good. 
Okay. <laughs> the reason, the that's reason, better than I would have expected. Yeah. No, uh, it's <laughs> if you are coming in uh, as a naturalized citizen, so from someplace else, America didn't seek you out. Um, America doesn't care whether you come or not. Um, and it is a little bit like a God who seems to not care whether you come or not. Um, but you are seeking a better life and you have discovered this America thing. And so at that point, yeah, you want to go to America. You want to get America's attention. And so it's your job to learn as much as is necessary to be an American, you know, learn the language, learn what the money system is, learn the tax system. That's that's kind of all on you. And it and then when you come, America is still going to give you all of that information because they're going to test you. You have to you have to pass a basic citizenship test to make sure that you can operate America properly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think that in that case, it's 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 an OK analogy, but it, but it falls apart a little bit because you are the one with all of the responsibilities seek. And even then, America pitches in. The, as far as citizens that were born here, it's yeah. I would say it's impossible not to know your taxes because America has come to you. They have sought you out. Uh, just an example, uh, a kid with a dollar going to the store to buy a candy bar that costs a dollar. And they say, well, that'll be a dollar and ten. And you're like, but it says a dollar. Uh, they get an immediate education on taxes. Um, right. you, you can't buy things without paying sales tax, uh, property tax. If you buy a house, uh, in, in my case, we, we the taxes are rolled into the house payment. <laughs> it's a, right. It's right. a, it's a mortgage payment. I can't buy a house. I can't get a loan to buy a house without, uh, paying property taxes. If I paid for cash, uh, you know, the house, uh, I wouldn't necessarily have to roll property taxes into that price, but they would still inform me of the property taxes and uh, what they're going to run every year and where I need to pay it. Uh, when you go to work, uh, you get a, you know, you, you're filling out your things for your pay. You're hit with tax forms, tax information right there. America is seeking you. They are coming at you with everything that you need to understand taxes. And that's where I think uh, this falls apart. So I don't think that, you know, if you're born here in America, you, that you have to know everything or even anything about taxes. America will tell you as you grow, as you mature, everything you need to know about taxes. And, and then as you get to voting age, much of your voting uh, is about taxes that nobody in America uh, will be in the hypothetical situation you're in because America has knocked on every door uh, and they have put that information at every point of, of your citizenship. Right. So, so, so this is a, this is, that was a great response because it, what it does is it, it unfortunately shifts the, issue that we're discussing away from what you want the topic of this conversation to be right so the issue there isn't real seeking because you agree that a person work in the u.s that wants to get a job and earn money and then there has has to pay taxes you agree they have a duty to pay taxes because they have good quality warranted probable cause to do the seeking part on their side so christians want to bang on skeptics and atheists for saying we don't want God to be real, or we don't want to submit to him if he is real, or we don't want to put in the work or the will to do the looking. That's how they want to hit us. The issue that we're coming back with is, is I don't have any trouble accepting duties that are real. I don't have any problem with putting in the time, the effort to seek. The issue that we're having is we don't think there is warranted probable cause for us to initiate seeking on our side. We're waiting for the other party to step up with the real warranted probable cause. We don't think it's the Bible. We don't think it's this inner witness that apparently is completely ineffable and unable to be discussed. So if God's up there and looking down at me and I'm, and I'm looking back up at him right now as we're talking, David, and saying, I don't buy the Bible. I don't have an inner witness. Your move, right? So he, if he sees me, he can come back and say, yeah, no, the Bible's legit. And here, let me show you and let me tell you and let me explain it to you. 
And yeah, inner witness, you want it, bang, here's your inner witness. Then I would have something to analyze. This is what Darren was banging on you for yesterday, right? Where's the impetus for me to do seeking? What's the probable cause? And it's, it's, it's basically non-existent. And the things that have been thrown at us as probable cause are really, really poor. Okay, we will uh, just call that last section uh, a draw. Um, <laughs> so we <laughs> since we're limited for time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push back. We can we can push ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna we're gonna work on the same side of the table uh, on this segment, and uh, we're we're going to do a task. I really haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this uh, because I wanted to come at it fresh. Uh, what I want to do is to try to steal man the position of seeking, of, of being a seeker, which is hard for me because I have declared myself an anti-seeker. I, I, I despise the idea, and I think I understand, you know, pretty well what the what religionists mean by it, and uh, and I'm opposed to that. But um, you know, one of the things that I have, uh, you know come to appreciate recently is a little thing called philosophical charity. And uh, even if your opponent makes a bad argument, well, you can just, you know, slam the table, um, win the game and call it quits. Or you can try to steel man your opponent's position so that their argument is actually better. Uh, so, so that you can have a reasonable challenge to your position. So, I want to, I want to see if I want to see what we can do with this. Uh, so, first of all, uh, definitions. You know, I, I gave uh, some definitions in the write-up. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Sign into your discuss account and discuss away. Uh, you can, you can read that. But maybe there's a different definition of seeking that skeptics wouldn't automatically uh, balk at. So with that, Brian, I'm going to give you the first chance to maybe define a form of seeking that is palatable. Okay. Uh, let's see. I would say, how about something like... Um, having the attitude that new information that you might at first blanche think is implausible or true, uh, having the attitude that uh, you're willing to set your biases and preconceived notions aside and actually spend some mental effort uh, in charitably investigating and discussing those issues with someone. Uh, okay. Um, most of that definition sounded more like open-mindedness, like we, we, like we talked about in the last segment, just being open to considering, uh, new things, which I, I think yeah. every human is. Um, but, uh, right. well, the like, last so, part so for is... instance, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm open, I'm open to a, uh, you know, romantic relationship, you know, with Beyonce. I'm open to it. <laughs> But 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 I'm I'm not doing any real seeking with that regard because I don't have a prayer's chance of it happening, right? Well, any, because... any effort I expend is is dead on arrival. But I'm open. I'm wide open to that effect, right? Beyonce so listens I'm... to this podcast. She's uh, <laughs> she is writing me a text right now saying, "Oh, I've... <laughs> I'm gonna I, stop I being a, you're gonna stop being acquaintances with that guy. What is his deal?" But um, so I'm trying to move it from like that's the beginning. Right. But then there's the I'm willing to spend time and effort reading, watching, debating, discussing. I think that it's that element that pushes it beyond um, the just uh, pure open mindedness. Sure. Uh, by the way, that uh, message from Beyonce, tell the Brian character to please stop stalking me. Uh, <laughs> see, see, I have been real seeking. I've been, I've been, I've been sandbagging this whole time. <laughs> I'm just passing on the message. Um, <laughs> So, uh, okay, I I agree with that uh, distinction, but I think definitionally we have to we have to maybe get add something that would make a 
person want to seek? So maybe your definition and add on, you know, as a form of uh, quid pro quo conversational courtesy. This is not coming out right. Someone can some someone can write this down uh, and make it better. But you know, we will we will exchange ideas an exchange mm -hmm. of ideas. And part of that exchange is not just listening to the other talk. Part of the exchange is I will, uh, you know, to some at least minimal degree, look into the things you say. Maybe you have a, a writing that, uh, you know, I can read easily. I, I will do that. And uh, in return, you will look at a thing that uh, I suggest and you know we can we can have an honest and full exchange of ideas at an at an equal level because i think what the christian wants you to do is look into their ideas and try on their ideas but it's it's one sided you know if you if you tell a christian okay great i'll do that but uh what I would like you to do in return is to look into Satanism. I, I need you to um, really uh, be open-minded about the possibility that Satan is not the bad guy, but that Satan is the hero, and that he has a message for you, and you need to open your heart and look into that and read these cultic uh, documents. The Christian would not do any of that. They're, they're not looking for an equal exchange of things. Uh, and so I, I just, I think that as you define this seeking thing, we, there should be something in it that at least says, you know, out of, out of philosophical charity and conversational courtesy, you know, each, each party uh, does some limited investigation of the other's ideas. Uh, on an equal basis. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a, 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 an extremely fair critique. That, that is part of the issue here, right? Is that it, it's, there's, it's not quid pro quo necessarily. Uh, I wanna cut them a little bit of slack. Part of why a Christian is not willing to be open-minded and real seek for Satanism is because given the stuff they already accept is true, there are really horrible uh, consequences to doing something like that, right? That's why I think the, the, the skeptic has an advantage because we can, we're coming at this where we're not worried about damnation or punishment because we don't believe in those things being real at this point in time. Whereas the Christian has, you know, it, it, would, be, it would be me wanting to be open-minded when I was a teenager. You know, let me be open-minded about the fact that if I, you know, stay out all night and get drunk and come home banged up that I won't be punished and everything will be fine. <laughs> how, how how real seeking can I do in that when I know that there's a real credible threat of my father beating my ass uh, if I did that right? So I, I I don't think it's it's even coming into it, but but that's exactly how it has to be if this is going to be a fair and even-handed exchange of ideas. Right. They want me to seek a god, but they don't want to seek a god, you know, because right. oh, if we seek a god, it has uh, you know serious consequences. Well, you know what? It has serious consequences if I seek your God too. I've seen the condition of many Christians uh, who who didn't turn out so well. Uh, so I don't, why should I put myself into that kind of psychological uh, danger by seeking your God? Uh, you know, if you say, "Well, you seek my God, and I will not go to church for a month. I'll not read my Bible for a month. I will not pray for a month." Uh, and I will read, um, you know, one, one atheist book of your choosing. That would be close, but it's still not quite the same thing. It's and and, and the, the, issue, the issue with this, David, is because, again, there's what we're also introducing a third party, right? If we're talking about real seeking between any given human and God, we've now interjected this third party, which is some a Christian proxy right? What, what duty do I have to a Christian that's proselytizing to me? It's not the same potential duty that I have to God, right? So, so the problem is, is the reason this is messy is God's not stepping up himself. He's right. either sending proxies or proxies are stepping in in his place. It's, you know, it's the same thing. If, I, if you told me, Brian, you owe taxes, go to the irs.gov website 
and it'll show you how that works. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? That website is a QAnon conspiracy written by someone in someone's basement. Uh, well, then you, the next step will be like, okay, well, if you don't believe me when I point you to irs.gov, why don't you get in a car and drive down to DC and go right to the federal building and you'll find out from the horse's mouth what the deal with taxes is, right? So, you know, in that, in that little you know, allegory, you know, I, I am playing the role of Christian. And if the person doesn't believe me as the proxy, well, no problem. Go get it from the horse's mouth. You know, what, you don't need to hear it from me. Go get it. Right. But if the so, Christian if the Christian said, look, if you don't believe me, go to that mountaintop over there and you will have the God experience just like everyone else. Even that would be something. I, I would I would take that. Yeah. So and, and and they've done that. And I've done that. You know, I've said that I've said the sinner's prayer when, you know, I was post uh, being out of Christianity. Nothing changed. Because I, I wasn't onboarding all of those unsubstantiated things that I did before, you know, to, to, to actually have the experience. And, and Christians should be willing to do these same things. You know, it, it's like the um, praying to the jug of milk, right? Have, yeah. you, have you seen that, that, that gag on, on seen YouTube? It. I've done it. You yeah. Me? <laughs> but that's the point. Is, it, it shows that whether you pray to God or whether you pray to a jug of milk, the way it looks from the first person experimenter's position is exactly the same. Well, look, praying the jug of milk is far more uh, effective because even if your prayer isn't answered, you still get a delicious bowl of cereal. Uh, absolutely. So right there and there, I'm all on the milk. See now, now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forsake my milk god to go look at your god. What's the matter with you? Come on. Has your god ever given you a bowl of cereal? <laughs> no. So, all right. So uh, I think definitionally, uh, we could maybe find a way to make seeking palatable under the realm of philosophical uh, charity, conversational mm -hmm. courtesy, and uh, equal equal footing exchange. Uh, so, you know, if, if a Christian can kind of negotiate that, I think we've got to start. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, because of time, uh, heck, what am I saying? If if we run out of time on this one, I'm just gonna fire fire it up again. Uh, <laughs> this this is too good. So, um, we have to come up with a method, and I, this is this is where Darren and I got stuck in in private conversation after the after the show. Uh, because when you're arguing with Darren, it does not end at the at the argument, which is which is. <laughs> Which I prefer, you know, I, I, you know, Dale and I, we used to do the show and we'd argue on air and then we'd uh, stay on the phone for two hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love it. Continuing to prosecute. <laughs> the, you should have kept uh, the, uh, you should have kept the recording going. That was, no, been, you know, no, it's uh, been a violation of trust, but uh, yeah. I got to tell you the best shows were the shows that you never heard folks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Darren and I had some of, uh, some of that. Yesterday, and of course he's he's right about this point, and this is a point that we have all made, and so you and I are going to tackle it and solve it uh, once and for all time. There is no good method that the Christian can offer for seeking. So even if I was interested in being a seeker of the metaphysical and to be more specific of the religious, yeah, the only way I can think to do it. And the only way that has been suggested that I do it by Christians is to already buy into their religious ideas, read their Bible as if their Bible were authoritative. You've, you've lost me right there. If right. you just tell me to read a book that a Christian wrote about it, I would, I'd be fine with that. Read C.S. Lewis. Please stop telling me to read C.S. Lewis, people. Uh, I've read C.S. Lewis, number one, and I would just yeah. say, read it, read another book. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, give give me something like that. But if you tell me to read the Bible, then you want me to accept it as the word of God somehow. And I'm, I'm out. That's that's not a fair ask because you're asking me to do buy it. If you're telling me, well, I need to pray to God, you know, just pray the sinner's prayer, the seeker's prayer then you're asking me to buy into the idea that there's someone listening to my prayer. I don't right. buy into that. And so I can never pray it sincerely. And then when it doesn't work, you can just come back and say, well, you didn't pray it sincerely. 
Well, you and, knew and I couldn't pray it and, sincerely because I don't believe in your God. Right. But that, but that's, but that's the issue, right? It, it's, there's, there's no right answer to that, right? Because either, either you come back and say, oh my God, it worked amazing. And then they win. Or you come back and say, no, it didn't work. And they say, ah, well, you didn't do it right. Or you didn't do it sincerely. Or maybe, you know, God's ways are mysterious. Maybe he has another plan for you. Um, so that, that's exactly the problem with this method is there's no falsification. There's no way to demonstrate the negative. It's either a hit or you made a mistake. And, and, and unless they're going to come at us with, you know, in the same way, if, if I tell you, you know, David, to, to jump off a building, and if you do, you'll die, I promise you, if you took that step, we'd, we'd get an answer, and it would be the right answer, right? <laughs> You'd be dead. <laughs> so we need something similar. That, that's why, you know, they want to rail against uh, us for, you know, scientism or what have you, right? The scientific method is the most tried and true method for determining what is real and what is not, what is what is fact and what is fiction. We need something, if you're not willing to use scientific method, give me another method that, that causes the same outcome to where right. I can see, yeah, when I, you know, when I light my pants on fire, they burn and it hurts and I, and I get you know, burns all over my body, right? Give me the same sort of method that's gonna re uh, result in, in those sorts of testable claims that we can then say, yep, I got an answer here. You know what, John, you wanna try the same thing? Here, here's all the things you need to know to try what I just tried and you'll get the same answer. Right, because what we're looking for in our seeking is something testable. So if you don't yeah. like the scientific method, uh, you know, maybe use some other term. I'm fine with that if you want to use some other term, but we're looking for something that we can do that is testable. And we would, I assure you, even me, who doesn't like the idea of seeking, I, I would use that method and, and test your claim. But you have to come up with a, a way for us to test the claim. Now, the, the God of the Bible in the Old and New Testament didn't seem to mind being tested from time to time. You know, other times, you know, like, he, yep. he didn't seem to mind, but Christians are like, oh, God, God will not be tested. Yes, he will. Have you read your Bible? Right. Um, <laughs> well, this, isn't there, a, there's a verse point blank that says, you know, the, you know, the God is not to be put to the test. And that's it, what they point to. Right. You're right. It's, it's contradicted by lots of other stories in the Bible where he was happy to be tested. Right. Very, very happy indeed. So, right. um, so what kind of test could they suggest that would be, that wouldn't violate their religious terms, but that would allow someone to taste and see without, in fact, being a religionist. You know, I'm not a religionist, I'm not a believer, but you're making these claims. So uh, how do I how do I taste and see? Right. And, and, and the problem there is the things that they've done that makes them think they've taste, tasted and saw are, you know, they, they have not um, demonstrated that what they experienced isn't any different than, you know, something that's just, you know, a natural occurrence, right? It's not psychological. Or you know uh, something that you know can be the result of of introspection or what have you, right? They, it's they, not, they it's not something. It's not something that anyone else can duplicate. So right. I mean, they and, give their testimony, testimony, and tell their story. But the thing that their story always lacks is something that someone else could duplicate and and then experience for themselves. Right, and 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 it's and when someone comes back and does that experiment and says it didn't work, they don't say, "Huh, maybe I'm wrong." Maybe, you know, maybe I made a mistake. Let me try it again or let me think about this more. Maybe let me research other uh, explanations for why I had this feeling of the burning in the bosom when I prayed a certain way or why when I'm sitting in church and singing hymns with a, a whole throng of, of, of believers, you know, I feel elevated and I feel uh, transcendental. You know, they, they've, they've done a pretty good work uh, in psychological circles to explain, you know, how that works. And then and, and Darren Brown, who's able to, evoke these same exact religious experience from from just purely naturalistic you know in sleight of hand and what he does right we did a show on that just a few months ago um right let's, there, let's pretend that there, that you can get these uh feelings uh you know in perfectly naturalistic ways which we know you can that doesn't mean that there can't also be some supernatural uh internal experience that people have um, no, of, co of, of course not. And you and you went over that with Darren a lot. And, and that that's the issue. 
we have to get out of this third party proxy world. The deity needs to step up and show himself unequivocally. All of these other methods we're talking about of supposedly pointing to a deity are equivocal. They're not unequivocal. The Bible, I've read the Bible many, many times. That, that a better book could be written by a high schooler today with access to information and knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. The Bible is not impressive to me. It does not at all point to a deity. That, I mean, but a deity who's all powerful or close to it could write a book like it came out of a, a fifth grader's mouth, right? So the, the only way you determine whether a book that looks like it was written by a fifth grader was actually written by the all-powerful deity of the universe is for the deity to show up and watch him scribble it. That's what we need, and that's what we don't have. Right. So I, I you know, when, whenever you're talking, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, sincerely about yeah. ways that I could suggest that, you know, the Christian might have someone uh, seek and, you know, have testable claims, at least to some part of uh, the claims. And I can't think, I can't think of it at all. I mean, someone like Sam Harris can yeah. talk about meditation uh, and, you know, he can at least run you through some meditation exercises. Right. And, and yep. while you're not going to reach the heights of med meditation that he's ultimately talking about, you can experience some enough of it to think, huh, there might be something more to this than I thought. Maybe yep. I should look further into it. So you can you can at least get a taste of what he's talking about now as right. it happens i've i've tried sam harris's meditation uh experiments and things many times uh i'm not a meditator i have <laughs> i've tried many we've, 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 we've discussed this before uh, yeah you 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 pushed back on this pretty good i, 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 I have not <laughs> i have not been unlocked in the way that sam harris uh will will espouse that you can get this level of of really separation of self and and like it's it's really a really really big feeling i've i've experienced it enough that i'm like yeah this is worth doing but i'm not you know a, a, a full-on in devotee that this is the key to you know the rest of my life yeah part but of you're my right. problem is i don't, I don't even want to i don't want to i don't want to shut right. my mind off I, I want my mind to work exactly the way it does thank you <laughs> <laughs> but see th th that that's the key because so right there you're you're showing that you're not open-minded to that sort of thing right you you like your mind the way it is you don't want to try to unlock it different all right. he's saying is, trust me, if you do it different, there'll be some things to experience. But if you I don't have want to do it, it, that's fine. I have yeah, tried right. it, though. To the to the right. extent that I am capable of trying it, I've tried it not just with Sam Harris, but with other uh, right. meditators that have, um, you know, ways to, you know, at least dip a toe into meditation. I've tried the, I tried so many of them. And right. um, that's that's kind of where why I've reached the conclusion that I just I don't see it. However, right. there are enough people who have tried it and have seen uh -huh. it that I don't mm -hmm. think it's fake. I, and, yeah. I th and I think it's actually uh, good for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not down with meditation. I, I'm not saying right. that meditation is real. I think it is, you know, some of the things that are out there really are gateways to, uh, you know, uh, uh, unlocking uh, your better self. So I'm, I'm fine with that. It just is not true for me. Um, Christianity right. needs something like that, that mm -hmm. allows a person to dip a toe in it so that they can unlock enough of this experience to make someone then want to go deeper. So if you're, if you're saying, you know, I need you to devote your life to seek, uh, my God, uh, out, out of courtesy and, you know, if you can spark my curiosity, Okay. But right. how do I do it? And you've got to give me a way to at least taste a little bit of that. And I have never seen that way. And, you know, by the way, people saying, well, you refuse to pray and read the Bible. I've read the Bible more times than you have. Whoever you are out there, I promise I've read it more times than you have. And right. I've prayed more than you have. Uh, guarantee it. I could stop praying and you could pray for the rest of your life. You're not going to catch up. <laughs> so right. uh you gotta you gotta do better than that okay uh what are what are some of the seeing that we can't 
actually come up with that thing. Maybe some Christians can. Uh, you know what? You probably know this spiel by now enough to say skepticsseekers.com. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, dot Squarespace. Uh, you know, log in your discuss account and just discuss away. If you do want to send me an email, skepticsseekers at gmail.com. I read them all um, and respond to, well, all of them. So uh, hit me up. <laughs> uh, what are what are some other at least words of advice that we can give uh, religionists and so forth? Um, the the other one that I mentioned in uh, my write up is uh, I don't give a damn about the incentives, and this is one of the things that Dale and I agree on. If you don't care about the claims of a particular right. thing there's no incentive to seek it <laughs> you know? right so right. um christianity has not given me any kind of message that incents me to to want it uh heaven is a mess i've done shows on heaven i've tried to do a lot of reading on heaven even christians don't do a lot of writing on heaven because they don't know what it is when they yeah, do talk about class. heaven, it's it's just just double speak. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there'll be no tears in heaven. Everything will be happy, clappy, slappy, uh, and you. That means you won't remember all of your loved ones who are burning in hell, or you will be in some mental state where you will think it's justified and you won't care. Uh, and that that sounds like a lobotomy. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. Um, they haven't created a heaven that I even care about. You're going to be singing around the throne forever. I don't want to. All I'm doing right. in heaven is praising God. This is this is a Twilight Zone episode. If you join the choir, can you can you quit? <laughs> you know? right. I, think I, I think I would like to go try being a warrior for a while. Can I, can I do that? <laughs> you know? I mean, well, it it is for it is forever. So, right, theoretically, wouldn't you want to try everything that was absolutely possible for as long as possible to try it? So, you're, I mean, I think it inevitably inevitably leads to you know all sorts of people just doing all sorts of things that God probably wouldn't want you doing. I I really like sex, and as I get older, yeah. I really miss it. Uh, so will I? <laughs> <laughs> been married for a while. Uh, can you, you know, will I be able to experiment with that in heaven? Um, you know, is there a porn channel on the on the heaven TV? Uh, can I eat hot dogs? Is there? Can I get a good Chicago pizza? Um, sorry, New York. I do love New York pizza, but I got to tell you, Chicago pizza, yeah, it rocks. Um, let me uh, let me the, the incentive issue is a, is is an important one, right? Because whether or not something exists is irrespective of whether it's a good incentive or not, right? right? Imagine imagine I tell you there's chocolate ice cream down at the at the corner store, and chocolate ice cream is the favorite thing that I would have if you gave me a choice. And you're lactose intolerant and hate everything chocolate. We have disparate incentive to go down and check out whether chocolate ice cream's at the store, but both of us in the exact same way could do it and confirm for us that there's chocolate ice cream at the end of the at the end of the store at the end of the road right so the incentive is completely divorced from whether or not it exists or not right shrug i mean yeah chocolate ice cream besides it's all about strawberry or vanilla let's be honest um and and I'm not a I'm not a one ice cream guy, right? I mean I'm I'm chasing Beyonce, but I'm also chasing all sorts of other famous people. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I, we don't I'm, need to li- limit ourselves. I'm getting a message from the Spice Girls right now. Hang on, let me read that. <laughs> if you get posh, please give her my number. You got my number. Give posh my number, please. I think it's something about uh, stalking. Yeah, okay, never. Mind. I'm not going to read right. it on there. But, uh, but, uh, but when a, when, a, when a Christian when a Christian comes at you with you don't you don't believe God exists because you don't want to submit to him. It's exact exactly the type of critique they're making. You don't want to believe there's chocolate ice cream at the end of the road because you hate chocolate ice cream. They're, they're, it's true that I don't necessarily want to submit to a terrible God, but that is divorced from whether or not that God exists. Right, and I, I don't I can't think of a reward this God would give me that would make me lust after it enough to spend my life to chase it. And, right. you know, we've got carrot and stick. I don't believe in the stick. 
Right. Right. I mean, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I the don't. Stick's, the stick's not, if, if I don't think the stick is real, I'm not worried about it, right? There's you know, was, no version I, of hell that you can describe that I remotely believe in. <laughs> right. so. I, I was I was worried about getting hit with a belt when I was a kid. I was never for a second worried about getting hit with a rocket launcher when I was a kid, right? <laughs> you keep you keep dialing up the punishments and you're going to lose me, right? My dad could never threaten me with a rocket launcher and have that work. Uh, well, you clearly you know, didn't what? grow up in the South because everybody's got a bazooka down here. I mean, come on. <laughs> Bazooka is like eighth birthday. <laughs> oh, geez. See, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very far from the South, so I'm, yeah. I'm lucky about that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they get, you know, they sell the special truck mountain bazooka kit here. <laughs> so, right. Very popular option. So, um, yeah, th this is, it, it, Christianity has an incentive problem. And if I want to end the argument, you know, with, with the uh, ultimate defeater, uh, right. I would, I would just, insert the question, why should I care about any of this? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the end of the argument because no one can ever give me an answer for I care for why I should care. Now I do like the argument, so I don't, I right. don't often do this. Right. Um, I would rather have the argument than the win. Right. But, uh, for Christians to get people to seek in the way they want them to seek, you have to provide some kind of incentive and you can't, you've got to get away from this uh, almost um, childish description that you can find in the Bible sometimes, you know, riches will have great riches. Really? Is that, is that the real incentive? You're, you're trying to hit us with greed because that sounds like something the devil might use to tempt right. you. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it, you have a palace and streets made with gold. First of all, gold is a shitty material for streets. Uh, really, yeah. it's, a, it's sink, a you'll sink your feet if you're having a hot southern summer, your feet would sink right in. That yeah, this is not, I mean, I don't, first of all, I, I question the engineer <laughs> who's, who's designed <laughs> heaven here. This is heaven is clearly not designed by Johnny Ive. Um, so this is <laughs> this is not gonna work, but. It just sounds like, you know, streets of gold and you'll have a crown and a robe of purple and uh, angel, you know, courtiers serving your right. every need. And this is exactly the kind of stuff that the devil would tempt you with. Right. And also, this is exactly the kind of stuff that Christianity tells you you shouldn't want. You, right. You're not supposed to want this stuff. And only right. the people who don't want this stuff will be the ones worthy of getting it. <laughs> so you, if you pretend like you don't want it enough, then you might get it. <laughs> so I don't, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's nonsensical. And it's, as, it's barely, as a it's, it's barely a step up. It's barely a step up from the, the emails I get from the Nigerian prince, right? Promising me millions of dollars. If I just give him my bank account information. Right? Hey, look, like, th that's a, I, a, that's actually a better deal because all you're giving up yeah. is your bank account information uh, for God I, giving I, up everything. I know what I know what millions of dollars are. I yeah. know what Nigerian princes are. I know both of those things exist. And even yes. then, it's not a credible incentive because I know it's full of crap. And even well, if it's not full of crap, the risk that it is is bigger than the risk that it's good. I, we I, don't have anything approaching that with regard to heaven. I, I, I do want to uh, spend just a moment to talk about my father, the Prince of uh, Niger. Um, oh, he's, he's dude, a, I'm he's listening. A, <laughs> a, <laughs> never mind. I'll, I'll send you an email. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, let, me, let, me pull, let me pull up my bank account real quick. I don't know. The <laughs> pull that up real fast. He's a, there's some real political unrest here, and he's been arrested. And I need, you know, in order to get his... Uh, you know, his, his billions unlocked. I need, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, so, <laughs> any, anyhow. Yeah. It's, uh, Christians, please come up with, I've actually tried, I, I have spent time thinking about this one. What would the incentive be? Uh, there is a stronger incentive for me to seek magic, huh. uh, than to seek, uh, heaven. Because magic is something that I can uh, use to effectively change this world into what I want it to be. 
Now, that may not be good for everybody else, <laughs> but right. uh, seek your own magic, damn it. Um, but, you know, there's there's actually more testimony about magic over the years. There, there are more books older than the Bible written uh, about magic. There are more ways to experiment, actually, you know, test magic. <laughs> they all fail, by the way. But but right. it, magic doesn't actually claim to be uh, outside of the realm of testability. <laughs> you know? So, right. um, you know, it claims to be a real thing that you could do. I'm more incentivized to find, you know, the, the right runes or the right spell to, you know, make some djinn do what I want than I am to you know, win heaven and sing amazing grace for eternity. Right. I don't, I don't want any part of that. So, uh, incentives are a big deal. All right. We're going and this to is, this is, just real quick to, to respond to that. This is the, this is a the part they don't acknowledge and it's the opportunity cost of real seeking. I'm living in a real world, physical world where I've got to go to work to earn money, to make sure my kids don't starve and die, to make sure there's a roof over our head. Right. How, how much time, and mental energy am I supposed to put into real seeking at the expense of other things I could be doing, things that have real tangible results in my life. So that, you know, that's why it's not just the incentive to seek, but the, again, the credible threat, right? I'm spending no time right now researching cures for ovarian cancer because I know I don't have it. I don't have any ovaries. I'm also not spending any energy uh, researching brain tumor cures, but as soon as I have a headache, that screams of the devil for a month straight, maybe I'm gonna start researching how to deal with a brain tumor. I mean, I'm gonna go seek out doctors and other uh, experts' opinion. But again, what's, what's the probable cause to get me to even start lifting a finger on this thing? Exactly. Um, so inside of a minute, uh, this is, I guess it's gonna be it. Yeah, there are lots of real things in the world that you and I and everybody else doesn't seek. Right. We know we know that there are answers that can be found, but we don't. Do, we only have so much time. Uh, right. I spent the first 40 years of my life in religion and the things that I didn't do with my uh, to to set aside humility, massive intellect uh, and potential. The things I didn't <laughs> don't, the don't I, undersell yourself. Dude. I, I'm, I'm not um, <laughs> the things I didn't do. You know, I could have been a doctor, lawyer, uh biologist, anything, all I cared about was religion. I, d I lost that, that I will never be that. I will always struggle financially there. Uh, I will always struggle with the relationships. There are lots of things that will be the case. Look, I'm out of here. They're about to kick us out. Uh, and so yep. I'll see you in the comments. Bye-bye. Later.